Hey everybody, what's happening? It is Monday, January 16th, 2023. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the celebrated national holiday, one that certainly deserves to be recognized and celebrated, and I hope you guys have a chance to download this, maybe tomorrow, driving to work and, and try to see if we can get back in the swing of things. I know it's been a while. Uh, this is Behind Enemy Lines, and I appreciate uh, a good friend somewhat recently encouraging me to get back into this to find time, and I've, I've heard some feedback from people that uh, that aren't vested in telling me I did a good job or have done a good job. So um, finding the time, making the time, simplifying what I do, and uh, jumping right into it. Last time we talked, we were, we were post-midterms, and it was it was definitely a, a downer, and I made sure I closed that that crazy couple days out with an understanding that, you know, the Republicans have to turn around their entire approach to elections. And this is relevant right now because of what's happening to, to Joe Biden, how the Democrats are responding, which is very predictable. There's nothing new here, but I want to give you some context and a different way to observe it moving forward because um, it's the same clowns. It's the same clown show response but the most relevant aspect about this, if you want to be in the business of winning elections, right? We have another one less than two years away. We're going to be right back into this real soon. So if Republicans, me, if we want to win, we have to turn this into an operation with the right strategy, the one that works and the one that the Democrats have used now a couple elections in a row. My point being is that Democrats are not going to care what happens to Biden out of this. Democrats only care, especially those in power, because this is an opportunity to push Biden out of running again. That's what they want. They they know that even with their ground game, even with ballot harvesting, even with um, universal mail-in balloting, all the things that they solidified in a number of key battleground states, those things might not be enough for Joe Biden. I I think it is if the Republicans don't get good at it and get good at it fast to balance it out. If the Republicans stick with the same model, they stick with focusing on registrations. And I mean the good old-fashioned way, registering people, that's that's great. But that statistic we've led in the last, I think, six to eight years, we're always out registering. Then all of a sudden, election day or a few days before comes around and you have states that don't really track it. You have states that don't require it, really. You can do it same day. Those those aren't captured. Those statistics aren't captured. I, I think Biden wins again if if we don't change how we go about it and eat our pride and learn that we have to have a better ground game and really model it after what the Democrats have done because it's helped them win. And this was a big one that they won a few months ago, and it's purely operational. I, I for one, do not believe culturally what's going on in America is what people want. They don't want inflation. That wasn't improving at the time of the election. All the measurables favored Republican candidates. Some weren't good. We have to admit that. We don't need to get into it. So there's things they can fix, but all this going on with Biden is is relevant, but don't don't get excited. If you're excited that he can't run again, you're you're in line with the Democrats. They want absolutely the same thing. 
they don't want him to run again. They they know it'll be hard to pull him across the finish line again, like they did in 2020. But let's talk about this story. It's unfolded in the last week with classified documents. And today, just now, a Democrat White House spokesperson, one of Biden's, referred to Republicans pursuing this as, quote, hypocritical, unquote. And I think that's just a, what a circular way to throw that out there. Because they are the ones that made the accusations first. They are the ones that set the table for this to be a horrible thing that a president or former president would do. And that it should be investigated. And then that president, being Donald Trump, should be convicted just on the accusation, like everything else he's been accused of. And most people think, I mean, they want to see him. They're desperate to see Donald Trump in the orange jumpsuit doing the perp walk. How hilarious is it now, a few months later, after raids by the FBI to to a location that was secured, right? Maybe not technically legal for those documents, but months after these raids, we have the current president with documents literally all over the place in his home and without any kind of visitor log. So although it's, quote, just his home, unquote, in Delaware, accountability (laughs) is literally just as critical as if you're visiting Joe Biden at the White House. This was the same with Bush when he spent a lot of time at his ranch in Crawford, Texas. Any plane the U.S. president boards becomes Air Force One. So where the president sits, you know, sitting and sleeping and having meetings becomes its own version of the White House. I mean, the Secret Service goes. The Secret Service plans the day the same. They treat that home like it's the White House. Probably more security because, I mean, it's not double barred, you know, barricaded gates, doesn't have the same amount of cameras, easier to approach. I mean, you can't fly over it. You can't go near it in any way. So there has to be accountability of who visits and who's there, who's around, and they're not keeping it. So, and, and the, the crazy thing about this is this is where Biden spends most of his time. I mean, what a, what a loophole to work with. To do business out of your home, you know, a couple hour train ride away from the White House and to not exercise any protocol, any accountability so that when something happens and there are questions and people want to know just who you met with, let's forget the documents. Let's forget that there is no log, no record of who had access to that space and could have accessed those documents. This is a bigger issue if they're not logging people who enter and exit. It's signing in. You have to do it at your kid's school. They take your ID. They print out a badge. They run it tight, but not the president's home. Not where the president does his work for two to three hours a day, if he does that. So now the Democrats, now the White House is upset that Republicans in the House Oversight Committee are looking into this, that there's going to be a special counsel. And, and believe me, it seems sounds kind of exhausting and I'm tired of it. But what choice do they have? Right. What, it, you know, it, it, the table's been set. The Republicans have to do this. They have to do their job on this. 
one, it, it helps Trump. It helps Republicans. And I'm glad they're doing it. But two, if Democrats said this is wrong and needs to be investigated, then the person doesn't matter. But we know until the day Donald Trump dies, and it'll, it'll be worse. Donald Trump will always be so hated that the left will pursue him with a level of hate combined with very uncomfortable ecstasy like that we probably will never see with any other politician or leader. Just think about when Trump was getting hammered on this. This is former President Trump, right? On these classified documents, you've got helicopters circling Mar-a-Lago. You've got the FBI making sure the reporters are there to film them, you know, doing their jobs all while fentanyl's getting passed around like, you know, Pez dispensers in our country. They're in there raiding the former president after working with him months before and making recommendations, which they followed on how to secure those documents. Now they'd made requests. I mean, the former president's office is not that staffed. It's not something, and they didn't share, didn't give them all back yet. Oh, the nuclear codes, oh, this, what could it be? And people blew up and it was just, oh, Donald Trump's guilty again, guilty again. It's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to investigate it. And we all know it's because they can't, they just can't think of the idea that he runs again. But this whole time they're investigating Trump, they're hammering him in the media. You have staffers, Biden staffers, watching this, knowing how vulnerable he is. I mean, their job, these are supposedly somewhat smart people. Their job is to be better than the emotional drive of the day and protect the office of the presidency. Forget who it is. That's their job. It's basically like the Secret Service. So when they're in the room talking to Biden and they're finding out about the investigations, and of course they know about the FBI raid, did somebody raise their hand, right? Their delicate soy-powered hand and say, sir, Mr. President, we have a similar vulnerability that we should fix. No, they don't. And it's incredible that they don't, but that's the ecstasy of the moment, right? And and you got a lot of Gen Z types working there. You got a lot of, you know, dudes, we'll say air quotes, with frail shoulders that consider golf a sport, advising the president. They're not strategic. They don't think about defense before you go on offense. They don't think about vulnerabilities, especially when they're emotionally driven. And don't kid yourself. These people are driven more by emotion than we could ever imagine. I've seen it in in other professional settings, and people are people. When you hate and demonize and convince yourself, imagine believing Donald Trump was a Russian agent, believing that he's raped 30 women. You, I mean, they really believe it. So when when you believe that, it clouds your judgment severely. They're, they're absolutely going to lose sight of what their job actually is. And that is to weigh in in these situations and say, hey, we better do some housekeeping. We better fix some things before we start lobbing bombs at the former president. They can't do it. They're incapable now. I don't even think they thought about it and chose not to. They're, they're high on the prospect, on the idea of Donald Trump being convicted of a crime. I believe that amongst whatever sexual preferences they hold, whatever pansexual lives they live, and I don't care, however they get turned on, 
Just imagine thousands of couples around the country talking about Donald Trump going to prison as foreplay. You might laugh. I'm telling you, it exists. That's where these people are. That's where they are. It is pillow talk for this slender group of Ivy League <laughs> latte drinking. I like an occasional latte, but you know what I'm talking about. The ones that wait in line at Starbucks. And there is something wrong with you if you see a backed up Starbucks drive through as an opportunity. No way. Come on. I mean, there's all kinds of products. You can make your own coffee. Starbucks people sure seem nice, but that's this crowd. They're different. They believe he did it all, and they've gotten to the point where Trump derangement syndrome is now this passive-aggressive way of life for them. They know they can't throw public tantrums anymore. So all this rage, all, all the hate has turned into some sick turn-on that becomes the center of what they do every day. And it leaks into their personal lives. I know people that cannot talk about anything, not even sports, for 10 minutes or more without bringing, or tr- bringing up Donald Trump. And you'll see the people close to them they're, they're, they're part of the same like DNA now. Like they've mutated. And that's why I don't spend time with them anymore. We're talking, I mean, family members, close people. I mean, they're as close to being dead to me as you can be when you're still walking the planet. They're basically zombies that I've just given up on. It's not worth the time. So it, enjoy what's going on with Biden because, I mean... He's in full meltdown mode, and it's all it's all whataboutism now. Well, what about Trump? What about this? And he, he's out there today speaking with Al Sharpton on the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday at a church. He's been at churches all weekend talking to the same people he told. You're not black if you don't vote for me, right? I mean, just think about that. He's sitting there in front of them telling them how crazed Republicans are. I mean, he's on at a church service dedicated and focused on Martin Luther King Jr. And he goes heavy, heavy political. And and this is something Donald Trump probably would have done. And it's not good. Not especially when you have been caught in massive hypocrisy again, your people. Because Biden was given the opportunity to know everything. I guarantee it. Now, he doesn't stay with things quickly. I don't think at this point in his life he would have put together, wait a minute, I've got a lot of documents from my vice presidency, relevant classified documents, not secured, less secured than Trump had them. And now he's out there. What do they do? They're trying, they're going to try to shift the story to something and basically say Republicans don't care. They're, you know, maniacs. They want to um, waste taxpayer money. I mean, th- these are the people that have spent failed investigations, dozens of them, it seems. The phone call with the Ukrainian president, the Russiagate crap, all this stuff, millions and millions of taxpayers' dollars that yielded no results. Now, when I say results, convictions, indictments, whatever, however, they knew that wasn't the ultimate goal. They knew that probably wasn't going to happen because they really didn't have evidence. Adam Schiff knew that when he lied and said he'd seen the evidence. Well, why would he do it? It was political, and it worked. They needed to defeat, defeat Donald Trump 
in 2020 by any means necessary. That's what that was all about. Just like things going on right before the 2018 midterms. And it's going to happen again. And again, if the ground game's not there, we're losing in 24. I don't care if DeSantis goes on a tear, wins the nomination, has is able to find his rural voice, gets out there and convinces Pennsylvania, pull your head out, Pennsylvania, especially the rural areas that decided not to show up in the midterms. Yeah, I don't like Dr. Oz either, but get on your fucking tractors and get out there. But no, you didn't. Yeah, he's uppity. Yeah, he's annoying. And yeah, I know you don't drive tractors to the polls. But did you get too busy on election day? Was the weather bad? Go in person early. But that's our problem. And it's a, it's a good problem to have. I, I love people that care about the candidate. I love people that want to go vote for a candidate that they support and are moved by. Guess what? Our opponents don't care. They do not care. I mean, to a level that will win them election after election. Because now Trump is a ghost that will never go away. Every Republican that runs for a major office will be seen and in, in campaigned against through a Donald Trump MAGA paradigm. Which is fine, because I think that can help us with turnout if the candidates are somewhat genuine and aren't into impregnating random women or doing cringy commercials in the Arizona desert with a gun. So if we can get people to align and run these campaigns better and do a little better job with candidates, and I like Carrie Lake. It sucks she lost. I'm not surprised. It is what it is. The ground game. Maricopa County. They know what they're doing. Maricopa is the same as Philadelphia, is the same as Atlanta, is the same as Detroit. It goes on and on. And Clark County, Vegas. All those we can win the next national election, the presidential and pickup Senate seats, if we focus ground games in those cities and find some others where we can do it better and more effectively than the Democrats. Because in Clark County, we can get people into the unions. We can. People in there, we, we, I mean, somebody. If we can't do the union in Vegas, we need to pull out a net Nevada. And it's probably run by Democrats. But if you don't win Clark County, you're wasting your time in Nevada. Now, when I say win, a win for Republicans would have been, I'm drawing a blank on the senator that lost a close race. Now, the governor won. So the split ticket thing is real. I got to focus on that. And and that's kind of, I'm, I'm impressed by it. But because it's real, Nevada, Colorado, and Arizona can be split ticket states. Arizona, we're losing. Nevada, we'll lose again if we don't change things. But the the governor won, but the senator didn't in Nevada because they were like, they maintained a margin. So the governor didn't win Clark County. He just performed well enough. That's what I mean by winning. You got to get in there and you got to find a way to communicate with the massive, um, the massive unions, like the restaurant workers, right? The, the, um, the service industry, hospitality, it's huge. You got to offset it with something or you're wasting your time. You got to have a candidate that's attractive to them or you're wasting your time. So why did that governor win and that senator lose? They should be figuring that out. Now, it could be locally people want a Republican and thanks Lindsey Graham, they more people just decided to go Democrat because guys like Lindsey Graham talked about making abortion totally illegal just weeks before the election. Not a great... <laughs> Not a great move, and I hope he's done politically. He he needs to be moved out. 
He's not, he's not an old man. I don't see how we get him out of South Carolina, but he needs to have the microphone taken away like they have on the Democrat side with Kamala, with that Maisie Hirono in Hawaii. We need to do it too with certain people. He's a war hawk. If he had his way, we'd be dropping bombs in Afghanistan and we'd probably have troops in the Ukraine. So we got, to find, we got our own Maisie Hironos too. And Lindsey Graham, I'm sorry, has become one of them. So um, this, is, this is where it's going to be the next election. These issues are not really probably going to matter. In, unless I, I do think the Democrats are real excited about this classified document chaos. Because Biden, you know, when Biden's defending himself, he looks like he's 120 years old. When Biden's uncomfortable, it, it live in front of your eyes, Biden goes from being about 80 to about 150 and sort of demonic. It, it's just not a good look. It's not good. When I'm older and I get angry, it's not, there's no moderate pace to it. I, I, don't, I won't have the energy to go mid-range and keep my foot on the throttle halfway. There's going to be a breaking point, and I'm just going to be the super psychotic get-off-my-lawn guy. So it's not his fault. He's too damn old. And guess what? So is Donald Trump. So one of the things I was going to talk about at the end, and, and, and we're going to start going into this, what's with the baby boomers still running for office? And I don't care what party they're a part of. I don't care if I agree with them on everything. And I don't. But I'm sorry. It's time to you know spend your days at the villages. God love you. Thank you for what, everything you've done. I mean, and but the baby boom generation initiated the second great boom and build to this country after World War II, their parents being the first, literally underwriting America's future in a brilliant way. And, and so, you know, th- this is for a lot of us, our parents, and they'll tell you, we shouldn't be running things anymore. And you know, you've seen it because look around you locally. There's one, one thing that seems to be run by retirees almost universally in this country that is always a pain in the ass to deal with, doesn't make sense, loses money, and seems to be a personal hobby, and that is homeowners association board members. The irony is most of the people living in these neighborhoods are working, have kids, you know, anywhere from 1 to 18 and are raising families, and they become so busy, it's hard. They make these jobs almost annoyingly just a little too much for somebody working full-time to take on. So what happens? It's all these retirees, these cronies running for jobs and in these offices. And, and what do we do? We, do we really honestly, any of us, if we own a home, know these people? This is the first time in my life I've actually known one of the association members who is close to my age and can't wait to get out of the office after two years because it's a nightmare. He's applying business professionalism expertise to that job, that job he was elected to do, and he has no support. They're removed. You have you have one of the elected members doing things like maintenance, lawn maintenance or area maintenance for, we're talking a community with hundreds and hundreds of homes. It's like a hobby. They've had to rehire people, fire people. Now they're asking for more money. It is an absolute mess. And um, I see baby boomers running our country is the same way. I mean, it's like, 
well, we really want to get involved. That's fine. Support people locally. You know, if you've got a, if you've saved your money, spend a small percentage supporting a younger candidate you align with. This is not your time anymore. You you shouldn't want it to be. And that's really as I've seen this develop, as I've looked at this from a different perspective. That's my main beef with Donald Trump. It's the age. I mean, he's not much younger than Biden. He seems that way. Now that's not going to last forever. If you're 79 going on 80, you're 79 going on 80. I don't think he has access to alien technology like Tom Cruise does. Maybe he does. But Trump wears a lot of makeup and his energy paints a picture, right? He has a strength in that energy. Now, I believe he is too defensive on everything and I believe he's never going back and it's unlikely that he can make an adjustment. Why? Because he's a boomer. Go find your parents and coach them on changing something about how they do things. I want you to try it. So it's not, because, oh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. No, no. It's not just his personality. I believe Donald Trump 30 years ago was probably a little bit coachable as long as he respected the coach. I believe someone like Bob Kiyosaki, right, or, um, you know, even an Elon Musk could have coached Donald Trump 20 to 30 years ago. He would have liked to have learned. He's at a point now. It is very difficult, and it's probably not worth it making big adjustments in your life when you're 80 years old. At that point, all I want to worry about is which night Yellowstone is on and making sure I've got that recorded because I've switched cable providers in a tantrum as a crotchety old man like six or seven times. I do it occasionally now, but think about your future. I mean, this is years and decades for me. Not as far away as I wish, but what the hell? We don't, we, don't, we don't need these. Ron DeSantis is, in my opinion, the best candidate right now. If the election were tomorrow, he gives us the best shot. He's more youthful in his energy. He's a fighter. He fights back. Is he right-wing enough? Is he too left? Guys, every candidate running for general office can't be, um, can't be seen through the eyes of how right-wing they need to be. We want to win elections. And they're already building a hate campaign. It's impressive against Ron DeSantis, but these aren't people that care about results because his results in Florida are outstanding. He's done a great job. But I talk to people from there, and they can't stand him. They say, oh, we got to get out of the state. And I say, why? And it's weird. They don't have an answer. Just like when you ask them, what is the value of a kid-friendly or family-friendly drag queen show? You get platitudes, but they never want to go on the record if you ask them, do you think it could be harmful? Could be. Is there a possibility? Or why Why do you think others think that? They, they, they realize in that question, I, I recommend you try it, if you're in a safe place to ask the question, because these people get violent, violent over something they perceive as homophobia, right? So watch that. I've been watching these, I mean, we've got them happening in Utah, Texas, conservative towns. I saw the one in Roanoke, Texas, and I recommend you find the Crowder report. He had a, a guy embedded that made it made it a couple hours as being just neutral and, you know, undercover as a local or just online blogger. He even they even had like a Crowder's got a website that, that this guy can show in the field. But just look at the behaviors. Look at what's happening and look at the scared child. Looks about seven or eight 
lurching away from the front entrance, not wanting to enter. So we we are, you know, this is just one example, but I think a primary one of why those who oppose you on that issue and these other issues are lost. They're lost. I mean, the only recommendation I can make is that you never talk politics culture with them ever, ever, ever. Because even if you are good about asking questions and trying to keep your mind open, they, and you'll see this in the Crowder deal, they, they had a guy come across the street, the two sides, nice older man talking about praying for people. He's worried. This guy comes over and, and they tried, this Crowder reporter tried to um, just sort of mediate a nice conversation. Five minutes into it, the old man, conservative guy, sits down. He's very passive, very friendly. And this what's you know self-identified homosexual male who was in heavy defense of this drag queen performance at a distillery in Roanoke, Texas, this man got agitated, turned into accusatory of nature, accused this man and his wife of cheating on each other. I mean, goes down and it, it's, I've, I've been dealing with passionate liberals. I know what that is. And passion's one thing. I dealt with crazy ones. Um, and I'll tell you, you you look at how hippies are portrayed in movies. Um, they're, remember, the Manson family were hippies, right? The left has been passively violent for decades. This was like, Trump was like the new volcano. Trump made everything okay. Trump made hate okay as long as the person you hate aligns with Trump or you say they align with Trump. And so we have, um, and this is this is now why young people want socialism, why young people think being a landlord should be illegal. If you've not heard of this stuff, you got to look. The whole rent is theft thing. And of course, COVID really brought that. COVID was great for the left. They got all kinds of controls, things that'll be a part of our lives the rest of our lives. If you live in you know, places like I do, if you live on the West Coast, I mean, there's things that will never go away or can come back in a heartbeat if they want it to. And when the government steps in and, and helps people with rent and does what probably they should have done for a few months, maybe two, um, not years, not extending, not ruining people's lives because they have a mortgage to pay that's still due on that property. But the deadbeat renters who are getting money from the government who can go to work don't and don't pay rent and are protected, that that lifestyle was born. That lifestyle is deadly. And what we're seeing now, and I, w- I want you to look up some things if you want to learn about it. I'll just tell you on, on the face, but there are career fields. We know them here in the United States. There are career fields that have people that just don't want to go back. Restaurants are the key one. Restaurants are the one we still see, and, and it's going to be like that for a long time. People just don't want to do that kind of work after being able to find other things, which I'm hey, I get it. I worked in a restaurant. I worked in a couple. It's hard. People suck, right? Hoping someone tips you and getting hosed is rough, especially when you're trying to support just not only yourself or your family. So, and then so many people were paid not to do anything. So people, and then people figure out how much money they need and find I can do it doing something else, working from home. They're not coming back. Well, guess who is really hosed? So, I mean, are restaurants a critical industry? No. 
right? It's not, you know, if the suppliers are on strike or not doing things or if they're not coming back. If truck drivers did the same thing and found it wasn't worth it, these are critical. Think about medical or law enforcement. If you can't staff medical, your society is hurting. Europe, Canada, that's where it's hitting next. Why? Because the government ran it all. People weren't taken care of enough to stay in the hell that is working for a hospital during a pandemic and in a post-pandemic environment. So they find other things that's just not worth it. They do contract work, get some money, and travel. They don't employ themselves with a hospital. Right now, all over Europe, these countries are dealing with major staffing issues at hospitals. The United Kingdom just released last year, they had more what they call avoidable deaths, I think it was, or excess deaths, than in 50 years. 50 years where they barely had the polio vaccine, the same amount of people died as they did last year in 2022 in the United Kingdom. Universal health care was almost in this country thanks to Hillary Clinton. Obama didn't go as hard in the paint. Hillary did when she was first lady. They wanted it and they sold people that it was a good thing. And guess what? We have another generation that doesn't know what's going on in the United Kingdom. Did you hear about what happened in Canada? And I happen to know Canada's healthcare system is hurting. They have backlog and backlog after backlog of critical procedures, cancer-like procedures that still need to be done and accomplished in Canada because of COVID, because of shutdowns. Now we have um, the domino effect in Canada. And there's a story, uh, you, you prob- I mean, if you didn't hear it, it's because the Trudeau lovers don't want to talk about this. And now that there's all kinds of good criticism, this was over a month ago, but a, a very well-known Canadian, uh, paraplegic former military member in Canada. Her name is Christine Gauthier, G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. She needed new wheelchair wheels, okay? She couldn't get them. I mean, we're talking it was like over a year. She goes in, finds, gets an appointment in one of these backlogged, what the VA used to be government offices, which is your only option in Canada, right? You're not calling Blue Cross. You're not even calling uh, CalMed or Medi-Cal. You're calling Big Daddy government for help. And imagine these people that work there, they're getting thousands of calls a day. So she goes in in person and they, they got nothing for her. They handed her a pamphlet, a guide on euthanasia, on how to take herself out. People laughed when, when folks talked about the death boards, right? People getting, or the panels evaluating, right? Taking the decision away from family on whether someone's life needs to be continued from a medical perspective. And, you know, euthanasia should be a personal decision. And I'm not against it being totally illegal. I think I'm okay with the law and government in Oregon that protects it. But this is the next level stuff. You've got a government saying, hey, here's what we recommend. Basically, you're not getting those damn wheels, right? We know you can't walk. We can't pay for it. And we're at a point now where we can't even pretend to care. That's coming elsewhere. That's coming to these socialized healthcare systems. And yet we have an entire Gen Z generation. They're battling amongst themselves, which is good. But you got a lot of educated, formerly educated young people right now wanting the same thing here. And I mean, universal basic income, look it up. Money just for existing. And yeah, there are a lot of young people, smart people, 
opposing it. But what, what's happening? The 28, 29, 30-year-olds that are starting families, they're, they're just digging in harder on this when in recent history, those generations moved further to the right on these issues. Now what's happening is abortion's everything. Abortion's everything. I'm going to talk more about it in the next show. Like, Where can we have this conversation where uh, I know this is such a critical issue to so many Republicans where they can be happy with talking about it and making some kind of concession? And I don't know if I'm for it, but we got to get real about this. Because like it or not, Democrats in the millions are real committed, real committed to this issue. It is a one issue um, energizer. That's understatement for the Democrats. I believe if the Supreme Court doesn't rule on Roe v. Wade, and they made the correct ruling, it is not constitutional. If they don't make that ruling last year, a few of our Republicans probably win, maybe even Herschel Walker. So... You know, people get mad at that. That's when the docket came up. The Supreme Court's not supposed to factor that in. Now, if, unfortunately, if it had come up a few months later, they would have waited till the next session. They they don't rule on things. I think it's like 60 or maybe even maybe only 30. There's a period where they stop. You know, they don't want to influence elections. Well, they did. They, they, they did in a way. But remember, the Democrats aren't going to tell people that Roe v. Wade was just a case and the states now decide based on the Constitution as it's written now. They say, oh, it made it illegal. They've taken it away. You're going to be forced to have a child if you're raped, if you're 10, all that. This is what they're brilliant at. It's disgusting. They're disgusting. I think anyone, there are people that have used that argue with me, and I tell them they're disgusting. I'm in a position in my life where I can. There are people, there are circles in my life where I can offend people and not go back. And, of course, there are circles where I cannot. And when I say I can't offend them, I can't even ask them a question. It's usually because of their gender or sexual orientation and sometimes just their political ideology. You cannot quit. There are people, there are protected classes like no other, and you have to be careful. But we have to mobilize, and we can't have Republicans staying at home because abortion isn't outright illegal. We have to have Republicans find a way. Maybe it's like Dean Kane who thinks abortion should be allowed up until what he calls, it's not... It's a word. I think it starts with C. Of course, it's not conception. Um, oh no, viability. I can't. And it used to be part of laws in some states. It used to viability used to determine the number of weeks where was like the deadline where you can't you can't, they can't you can't legally have an abortion. So is viability science enough based for Christians to be okay with it? You know, remember Christians by saying you vote for somebody that's okay with that doesn't mean you are. Any church that says that you are violating your faith, that your relationship with God, by voting for someone that disagrees with you a little on that issue, that is wrong. I'm sorry, that's wrong. And I think Jesus would say it is wrong. And um, we got a real problem there because they'll find a way in a couple of years to bring it back. It's going to be a part of every, every campaign in the foreseeable future. And so what are we going to do? Right. We're going we're to talk about that. We, you know, Republicans have to figure that out in parallel to everything else they got to do. They got to figure out right now what issues, how we're going to handle them. Abortions, number one. You know, what are we going to do with tax language? Because every time Republicans want to do any kind of tax cut, it is going to be for the, quote, wealthiest one percent, unquote. Every time they're going to bring that up. Only the rich people. Republicans are trying to end this IRS hiring thing. Eighty five thousand new agents. Guess what? 
How are the Democrats responding? That's because they want to protect the wealthy. I can tell you right now, a good number of those 85,000 new IRS agents are not only going to focus on billionaires. Believe it or not, it only takes a couple to audit a billionaire. Because the the stuff they have now, I mean, you all have probably experienced it. I mean, if, if you pay something wrong or you owe a little bit or you for, I mean, I honestly a couple times have forgotten to report certain kind of dividend incomes and it was enough to be taxable. There is no person that initiates that next letter. It is a computer that does the calculation, went out and found the document that I didn't get, that tax document, and factors it in and says, hey, you know, you owe another 600. There's no person. They can do that. It does it on its own, especially if you file electronically. So the people have the computers. They come in. So 85,000? How many did they employ before? I mean, is that a doubling? It's a lot of people. Um, I'm, I'm all for jobs, but damn, that's the kind of job that just by its nature is going to hurt the economy. Poor people have never given us a job. Small businesses, large corporations, they create jobs based on growth, performance, the way jobs are supposed to be, quote, created. And I hate that word. They put they open jobs because they need them to continue growing. Any company we've ever worked for, if they expand, it's based on an evaluation of need, not because they're trying to help the economy. It's because they're going to want they want to make more money. If they're publicly traded, growth is all they're evaluated on, the future. But no one's learning this in college. If you hire young people, when I mean I mean like twenty two year old and above, they think working hard means they should be rewarded. They don't look at the results. I mean, hard work is definitely something we want to see. But in the end, when we're evaluated, it's the results. How did the company fare? Did you sell enough? Did you fix enough? What are your numbers? Not your feelings. We'll talk about that later. But you're not going to be an employee here. You're not going to be a manager, a director, a president, whatever here, if you don't deliver results. Those are the companies that make people money in their salaries, in their bonuses, and in the stock market, period, the end. So we, we have a real, real interesting future here because we have a whole generation learning that other things are of value. Not that hard work shouldn't be valued. It's just not the priority. It's not. You add the fact that they think they shouldn't have to pay rent if they have a bad month, you got a problem there, right? This is the, the new culture. But we, we've got a... Um, a real interesting time, you know, it's uh, it's weird. It's weird. I, I've never seen in my life, it's a fairly long one now, an issue bite one political party and then the opposing party literally months later, right? It's it's like it's like a, you know, a cop arrest or, or just somebody going after somebody for murder when you've got bodies in the backyard, it's that level. I mean, they, they made a national global campaign out of Trump being tried and convicted over these documents, and they've done the same thing, and now they have to react. And they're saying Republicans are hypocrites for pursuing it, but aren't you hypocrites for saying they shouldn't? <laughs> I mean, come on. So this is this is going to be one to analyze. Uh, I predict, I mean, it sounds like there's already going to be a special counsel, so like yada, yada. And you know they're going to work together. It's both. I mean, yeah, they're independent. But Merrick Garland is not going to hammer Trump now. 
He's not unless he can hammer Biden. You're going to, and you see it. If you've seen CNN, I mean, MSNBC, well, here's the difference. They, they, they make it like a true analysis. Here's the difference. And they open this, click on this article. We know the difference is that obviously Trump was way worse. That's where they're going. They're going hard in the paint on that. They're selling us. They're trying to close voters, future voters, their constituents, their donors, that Biden isn't as bad. Okay, you're going to argue first versus second degree murder, right? That you're talking about the 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 impact of this crime, which people aren't that upset about unless they want to hurt the person accused, right? I mean, of all people, we're not shocked Biden has paperwork all over the place. I mean, if he's been in charge of it, God knows they're going to keep finding it, finding a colonoscopy. He's, he's, you know, he's eating tapioca. That's the part of life he's in. So, um, I mean, you know, good, good luck. Um, final thing, you know, if you live on the West Coast, you know, storms have been really bad. And I'm, I've been really curious because there's been a severe drought. And I wanted to look up Lake Mead, if you're familiar with it. it really scary videos over the years, last decade. You can find them on YouTube. Lake Mead, Nevada used to be the vacation spot for people out in that area growing up. People go from California, you know, water skiing, all that. I mean, the level has dropped, it seems like, a goddamn mile in a decade. And they've got signs, and there's people videoing. I mean, I think at one point last year, you could only, you could only um, launch your boat from, like, two places when it used to be, who knows, 100. And so the drought has crushed them, and it's cre- it created a real concern of the future of water supply for all this expansion in places like Arizona and Nevada. Well, now you have this massive, massive storm. Now, I'm waiting. I'm wondering what's going to happen with the... Um, uh, the agenda here, the environmental agenda, because they're going to act like these major storm seasons didn't happen 500 years ago on the West Coast, which they did. And of course, you've got a place that's been overpopulated. We're talking about California, the coast, has been the case for years. You've heard mudslides, all these things. This is not just the fault of weather; it's what we've done to the land. It's just part of it's part of it. If you want that, and so you got these highly populated areas, and you have no system adequate enough to capture this rainfall, meaning California has been in this severe drought and all their environmental investments have been telling you and punishing you for not having an electric goddamn car, right? That's where they've gone. They've gone with this 2035. We're not selling um, gas powered vehicles anymore in the state. So people are going to go to Nevada because Nevada and Arizona love that stuff, especially Nevada. On your way to Vegas, come shop for a car. They're going to have towns dedicated to selling regular cars if they ever try to go through with that in California. So instead of doing what they should, they went that route. Now you've got states, you've got farms, you've got people still saying they need more water, even though a colossal galaxy-sized bucket of water has been dumped on the state, on the entire state, for days. And it's been weeks on and off, but days and days of water, and it's going nowhere beneficial. This embarrassment should lead to changing California. It won't. But what a joke. You got the water. You said because we drive cars, because we're evil, because of our carbon footprint, you're probably tweeting it, leftists from your private jet. But because of that rain, the drought, all that, you got your rain. You didn't think about, wow, when it comes, because it will, we should optimize how much of this we capture. There are engineers 
who would have been more than happy to have been part of a long-term, ongoing project, tax dollars I'd be happy to spend. These environmental engineers, it is a valued, incredibly valuable uh, profession. They would have loved to have been a part of this. No one did it. So you look up on Politico, storms forced California to look harder at capturing rainfall. <laughs> the storms forced it? You, you wouldn't think the drought would. No, because during the drought, the drought was an opportunity. Not an opportunity to improve how you capture rain. An opportunity to score political points. And God help us if Republicans ever go down this route when running a state. Because California's lost. If after all of that rain, farmers, agriculture people, I mean, cattle, you may, they need more water after all this, we're hosed. We're in trouble. Because who knows when this is going to happen again. I'm hoping it's a seasonal thing. Because eventually enough water will get captured. But this is what's happening. And there's so many issues like this now that, that these state leftist governments are getting exposed and hopefully it keeps happening. Um, like I said, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Holiday. I appreciate you guys listening, downloading, um, going to tomorrow's a good day. I'm going to try to get at least three more shows in this week between now and Saturday and try to keep that pace, guys. Bear with me. Your feedback's great. My email is on on the um, Behind Enemy Lines podcast website. Any feedback you have, I get some. It's great. Some's hilarious. I might start sharing some of the hate emails I had a few months ago. Um, But God bless everyone. I can't wait to talk again, and we will talk soon.